Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Welcome into the Smooth Operators podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, alongside my other good friends, Griggs Blankenberg and Noah Phillips. Guys, it is a beautiful Friday afternoon. We've got racing on right now, and it is amazing to be back here with back-to-back races. We are so hyped. We love it. Yes, we love it. These are the best times. These really are. This is the best weeks when we get two race preview and a race recap in the same one, so we have a lot to talk about today. Oh, yeah. We're going to try and fit it in all, all in an hour for you guys. Mm-hmm. Hello, it's going to be great. Hello, Noah. Well, yeah, we ain't got to do a lot of planning for the show. We just automatically know what we're going to do, and we can dive right into it. That's why we're like true academic weapons. We're true weapons. Indeed. Rogue academic scholars. Weapon. Mm-hmm. Rogue scholars. That's the word. I was looking for That's the word. Today. But let's just jump ahead and go right into it. So the United States Grand Prix happened last Sunday. That was in Austin, Texas. Taking the checker flag in first place was Max Verstappen, which clinched the Constructors' Championship for Red Bull Racing. Yes, and what a time to do it. Uh, what a great way to honor um, Dietrich Mateschitz. What a great guy he was. Um, and it was nice because he was always a guy who wanted to stay out of the spotlight, out of sight and out of mind for such a big brand he created and such a big character that he was um and unfortunately he passed away right before qualifying started on saturday very sad to hear very sad for the world of formula one but what a way to honor him by red bull for clinching the constructors title first one in nine years yeah they're back they're back sorry i'm sorry Noah. what a great racetrack to do it at too in the united states in front of a lot of people that can really help grow the sport of Formula One. Of course, we know we're going to be racing three times here in the States next year, but to give a Constructors' Championship in America is very important for the viewer market. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely, and the largest race weekend of the entire season so far. I mean, it's Texas. They're able to accommodate for that many people. Some of those more historic tracks just don't have the space. Like a, like Since NASCAR can just hold so many people in there, they can get so many people in for a race weekend, up to the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I think there was 200,000 over the whole weekend. I think it was 400,000. 400,000? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, though. Wasn't it 440,000? I think yes. we were watching it together. I believe oh it was 440. That's, wow. That's, I mean, that must be every single area for spectators to be. Mm-hmm. would have had to have been filled. I'm sure they didn't even have seats for all this. So o- over three days, that average, that's P1 on practice one and two are on the same day, P3 and qualifying on the same day, then the race is its own separate day. That's averaging around 146,000 people a day. Wow. That is incredible. And somehow we still, tickets are still almost impossible to get. Yep. Got to line up early. Mm. Metaphorically speaking, you have to buy them online. And not only that, have to pretty much sell a kidney. Or have a lot more money than the three of us combined in order to buy one. Oh, yeah. Like, for Miami, tickets were sold out before they even went on sale. That's insane. I still think Coda is the most affordable circuit for us poor people. I can't even imagine what Las Vegas is going to look like. Oh, my oh, goodness. My There's going to be so many celebrities and all that jazz. None of them are going to recognize Martin Brundle. Oh, poor, poor Martin Brundle. That's sad. It happened 
It already happened um, in Miami, and it happened again. You know, the good thing is, is that, who was it, Brad Pitt? I don't know. Was Brad Pitt there this weekend? I don't know. Yeah, he, it was. He was it was there. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt reached out to Martin Brunel and was like, hey, dude, I just didn't recognize you. Like, I know who you are. I'm sorry. And Martin was like, you're, he posted on his Twitter. He was like, you're not obligated to talk to me. Like, I'm just trying to fill an hour of time on the TV. No, but I made the joke. I don't know if y'all both got but they showed him Brad Pitt so much this weekend. Like, yeah. I think there was even to a point where they were racing. It was Lewis and Max were about to be wheel to wheel or close to each other within Max's and DRS, and they showed Brad Pitt in the pits. It's like getting um, Lance Stroll bombed, but Brad Pitt bombed. We need to have that uh, like on the array where we can put like we need to have him. We need to know. And there's Lance Stroll, Stroll going over the. Bar- that's that's what we got to add. And next. there's Lance Stroll bouncing over the curbs. That's a great moment, um, in Formula One meme history. All time, all time meme, all time meme. Um, so Noah, how did you feel, um, about your your boys over at over at uh, Marinello? The prancing horses. Well, we got cheated. Mm. George Russell. The villain of this weekend, crashing right in to uh, Carlos Sainz, ruining his race. You think that was George's fault? Yes, that was George's fault. Really? No, I don't actually think that. You know, it's just a narrative I'm trying to push in order for Ferrari to gain back this win. Hmm. Hmm. I learned something about that in my uh, my uh, political uh, science class. It was like you're you're doing a thing called spin, where you tweak little details to make the story more uh, effective. But Leclerc did a good job, didn't he? He did do a gr- he did a great job of trying to salvage this race for Ferrari and attempt to keep the constructors championship from outside of the Red Bull's grasp. They just could not stop uh Max Verstappen's race went uh raced on Sunday at all. Yeah. He was he was a force of nature. Um I did predict the long pit stop for Verstappen, right? You predicted a lot of things, right? You picked, you predicted science on pole. I did, and you predicted a strong weekend from Alfa Romeo, which ended well, up on Saturday. On I was Saturday. right, and then I said, "Watch Aston Martin," and what happened there? I mean, they 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 did Aston uh, Vettel did got pretty eight. well. No, Vettel when in, when he was in the lead, no when Stroll was in second place. I'm like, I know this is gonna be switched around by the strategies, but like. Me as a Red Bull fan, I'm like, how funny would this be if Lance Stroll gets on the podium? Uh, nothing would bring me more joy than an Aston Martin 1-2. That uh, would be and, amazing. Oh, uh, Vettel was going to do – like, Vettel had a chance to be top five, and then that pit stop. <laughs> that I'm, pit stop. I mean, Max also had a terrible pit stop. It's a crazy – just Max's car is just so fast, and he's such a good driver this year where he can combat an 11.1-second pit stop and still come back to finish first by – Almost by five seconds at the end. Yeah, he spent nearly thirty-five seconds in the pit lane. So even if he like went over the line, like he uh, he was close to him and Hamilton, he finished with enough time where it would not have been an issue. No, he finished five point zero two three seconds ahead of Hamilton. It was uh, it was one for the ages. I will say, um, there were lots of crashes. Um, if y'all remember the uh, little incident between. Lance Stroll and Fernando. I think Lance was at fault for that. More he, at fault. I'd say it was a racing incident, but Lance moved pretty late. Nothing just any shit into on the race track. No. <laughs> yeah. I, it's an incident, but it was more Lance's fault. I agree with you, Ben, completely. 
that block was just way too late from Lance Stroll trying to jut out in front of uh, Fernando Alonso. Nearly, well, taking out Lance Stroll and nearly taking out Fernando I mean, Alonso. Me and Noah were watching the air. We thought, we thought Fernando was done. We saw him his car go into the air and hit the barrier. We're like, okay, he's done. There's no way he can continue this. And then he comes back, gets P7, goes through a hole. Like, he gets knocked out of the points with an Haas appeal. Then they, they appeal the appeal, and, they get, and he gets points again. Now he's P7 again. So, yeah. crash to P7. That's why he's still racing in Formula 1. That's why when people ask, does he still have it, he absolutely still does. I mean, the dude was counter-steering the car through the air, preparing for the landing. He actually put in extra steering. This is why. Okay, so I was watching the replay, and what he said was, Fernando thought that he was closer to the wall when he was flying through the air. But what he was doing was he was turning the wheel as he was flying towards the left wall. He was turning the wheel to the right in the air to correct the car when it landed. So it didn't. So it didn't like mess up the tires. Well, it was more. It was more so like when the car lands, it doesn't go colliding straight into the wall, and then he turns into a spinning fiery inferno, and or something like um, I don't know Nashville last year that kind of crash uh, for IndyCar. Did y'all see that accident? Yeah, I remember that. That that was a bad wreck. Yeah, talk about split second decisions right there from Fernando Alonso. That's really the only type of move that you see from a veteran like him. That's not only raced in Formula One, but in uh, other series like uh, Le Mans as well. And Indy. And Indy. That's just yeah. experience. Like that's what you just can't. When it comes down, to you just can't like find experiences everywhere. Like this is just gained from years and years of knowledge of stuff. And losing a driver like Vettel now, so it's just going to be. A few of them, like I guess Alonzo and then Hamilton, have been on there the longest. So we're starting to lose some of those like older drivers that got all that really experience still. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a relatively young field in the next five years, I would say. Max at that point would be 28, and he'd be one of the older drivers on the grid. Mm-hmm. And now with Hamilton probably getting a new contract soon, yeah. So that's gonna be it's gonna be them for a long time now. Yeah, I think Hamilton's extension will probably be for five years. Don't hold me to that, guys. Which holds my take of, um, and I said Norris was going to go to Red Bull eventually, and that's what I st- still think. Really? That's what I still think. Like, as, well, more when it was they got, who was it that was supposed to be with them? Uh, not Audi, right? It was for. It was Porsche for Alpha. Oh yeah, for yeah, Red Porsche. Bull? Porsche, yeah. Yeah, Porsche. So when Porsche, when it was supposed they were still supposed to take over, there were some thoughts that they would want a British driver to go along with that as well. And all these things were le- linking towards Lando because him and Max have that like friendship thing. Lando just seems to make friends pretty well. Like, yeah, everyone he's ever like raced with, like he just seems to just be like that positive person. Like with Carlos, with Daniel, now probably going to be the same with um, uh, Oscar Piastri. Hmm. And you can see that in the youngness of Lando Norris. You know, he's just got that look to him, that uh, young naiveness that you want to make a friend with that guy. He's like a kid. Yeah, like a kid that gets paid millions of dollars to yeah uh, I mean, he's, race race cars, and he still hasn't won. But he is the only midfield team driver this year to make the podium. Yeah, that's just still crazy to think about. It's been three teams and then Lando once. Yeah, um, and a lot of people say that he's going to be a future world champion. I would love, love, love to see him and Max scrapping for a title. I think few things would make me happier. Depending on how long uh, Lewis's extension is, I'm assume it's either going to be Mercedes or Red Bull. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, McLaren could do something this summer or this off season potentially. They could. I, they, they could. They I mean, did something Os- during the silly season. I mean, Oscar's pretty. I mean, Oscar Piastri's pretty good. Yeah. 
So I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see that one with McLaren, especially with new teammate pairing. They've still not won a race. One of those two, even though Russia flashbacks intensify for Lando. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what McLaren does this next year. Just it's kind of like a fresh restart once again. But you keep yeah. your more your more consistent driver. Mm. I'm sure Zach is pretty excited about it too. He he definitely wants to see where Lando is going. Um, and I think he wants Oscar to kind of come under his wing a little bit and then eventually turn into like uh, a competitive situation. I think that would be really good for McLaren's development too, having two drivers competing each against each other because right now the gap between Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo actually isn't helping the car, mm-hmm. right? So Daniel Ricciardo being slower doesn't just hurt him individually. It actually hurts the team in a lot of ways because there's less feedback and there's less, you know, changes being made because, well, the car is tailored to Lando's driving style as the number one. Well, yeah, now that's a good point, but we're going to hit a commercial break. When we come, Zach, you see what I did there? We are going to be talking like more that. about this race, like that. this Austin pre, uh, recap of what went on in the Grand Prix as well. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Hello and welcome back to Weagle uh, 91.1 FM's exclusive Formula One show here on Smooth Operators. I'm joined by Griggs Blankenberg and Daniel Kirkin. My name is Noah Phillips and we are just vibing inside the Bradley Mason studio. Here in just a second we are going to continue our talk of the United States Grand Prix over in Austin, Texas. Go again. So good. Hey, uh, am I here? You're yes, here. you're here. here. I promise I'm you on? I turned it on. I'm sorry. I'm on. Okay. I apologize. Yes. No worries. It is so good to be back. We love it. We love it. Formula One. Formula One, yes. Fist bump. Fist bump. But Cars. Cars. So we ended that last conversation with the thing on Lando Norris. So we're looking more down this list. We didn't even get to say who finished second, really. Uh, Lewis Hamilton <laughs> finished in second place with Charles Leclerc coming home in third after starting five, uh, what was it, five places back at the start? I believe that wasn't what it was. Yeah. And Perez was 10. So Perez also finished fourth, 12. Russell, 11 points, finished in fifth, and Norris in sixth. And then the midfield battle began. What a battle it was. Especially for that 8-9 um, spot. That was, At the end of the race, after Max had already crossed the finish line, all the fireworks were going off, wheel-to-wheel racing with Magnussen versus Vettel down the, at the end of it. It was incredible. I, that was amazing. I wish they had just focused on that instead of the fireworks. Seeing the two cars drive through the firework smoke is something that is always going to be in my mind. That was amazing. That was that must have been hectic. Like Max is coming down the line like they have it timed so it's like so yeah. it's just like each by each so each time he passes one it just goes off. That's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, that race would like they Magnuson looked like he had him there for just a second. He did. But then Vettel just Vettled and Vettel found a way. Pu- yeah, Vettel pushed Magnuson deep. And that opened up that move. It was uh, it was really nice watching. And then Magnuson looked like he was going to come back at him. He mm-hmm. was making a good little attempt. And then, you know, Seb has better grip in the low-speed corners due to that funky rear wing that we talked about um, a few episodes ago. And, yeah, Vettel vettled as he does. And especially he shouldn't even been in that spot with that pit stop. No. Maybe he just had an all-time drive from an all-time driver. Mm. Just forcing his way to get points right there. Mm. You 
using everything in that car. Where did Alex finish? Albon? Yeah. Uh, he finished in 13th. Oh, man. We were Ben, I don't want you to hear anything. Ben's, if you go back and listen to our last episode, if you feel so inclined, Ben was, like, right for, like, three-fourths of his predictions. Meanwhile, me and Noah are just over here just, like, ah. I, we just, yeah. Ben comes out here saying, um, he said science is going to get pulled. That ended up being correctly. He said Alfa Romeo was going to have a good weekend. And for them, for their standards, it was pretty good on Saturday until Sunday. Yeah. Hit, and Bottas didn't finish, and Zhou uh, got 12th. Yeah. Um, and then he said Albon, who did pretty well in qualifying. Honestly. Yeah, he did. I th- um, he finished 11th in qualifying, so just not in the top 10. But, yeah, in the, the race, he just, yeah, this wasn't there for him. Mm-mm. No, well, that Williams' race pace is just not there at all. And then my every time I say Alcon's going to do well, he'll not place in the points. But every time I don't mention him at all, he'll be, like, fifth place. He'll, he'll be, like, fifth place or fourth or something like that, just Every time that's happened, I believe he'll – He's sandbagging you. Yes. He literally won a race last year. Yeah. And now I just – you just can't just give me some joy being right with one of my predictions. He's just sandbagging you, man. I think every time you make a prediction in his favor, he will not do well. So I'm not going to say anything for this weekend, but just know in my head what I'm thinking. Hmm. He he knows. Shout out Esteban. He's in your head. Esteban reads Griggs' rent, mind rent live free. on air. Rent free. He is in your head. He knows everything you're going to do before you do it. Mm. Mm. It's brutal. And then just looking down this list, some thinking back to some key moments. I mean, that for Stappen Hamilton wheel to wheel at the end with Max on a little bit of older tires than Lewis. Which kind flashback of reverse, Abu Dhabi. Flashbacks intense Michael Massey intensifies. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was what we like have been like missing all this year. Like those like just two like competitors. I mean, we had that between Max and Charles for part of the year. We especially seeing that at um Saudi, that was like the last like real time. I remember mm. like two like competitors were like wheel to wheel, like max wheel to wheel with someone for an extended period of time for the lead. Yeah, for the lead. So it was great seeing that once again. I mean, think about think about how far this. I'll give Mercedes credit for once. I don't. We don't do that a lot on this podcast. I feel like we need to sometimes when it's necessary. Yeah. Like think about where they were. I believe in um, Imola, like Max was lapping Lewis. Yeah. And now. He was passing Lewis for the lead. He was two. Max was two laps ahead of Lewis at one point this season. I mean that car, which is they've it's come a long way. Credit to Mercedes, they figured out what it was and got it back more into shape. Yeah, it started out as a disaster. Um, and it's what's funny is that it's not due entirely to their weird side pods. Mm. Side pods actually work. Um, that's the thing that I was incorrect about. So from my perspective, I thought the Mercedes car struggled with porpoising more because more air was flowing over the uh, rear of the skirt that makes the uh, ground effect. That's actually incorrect. Um, they were struggling with it due to some underfloor stuff that they just figured out. So the the philosophy of the car is, though it be flawed, it is improving rapidly. Here's another prediction. I'll make a prediction for you guys. Hmm. Mercedes right, well. are going to come back next year. With regular side pods. Mm. They, they're they not going to be the super slim tucked ones. They're going to be regular. Guarantee it. I mean, if it, I mean, you won eight constructors' titles in a row. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and with Ben's guarantee, I mean, Ben could guarantee lottery numbers at this point, and they'd be right. 75% of the time. <laughs> but now that this is like Mercedes has come back, they are – 
they are hold on let me let me math in my head they are 33 points behind ferrari and so that means there's three races to go you got mexico brazil and abu dhabi am i correct yes i'm correct that could come down to the wire that could come down to the wire, especially if uh ferrari has any more dnfs yeah that could very much be and with a mercedes that's almost guaranteeing at least one car in the podium for each race now you can't be having that if you're the prancing horses. No. No, as our expert Ferrari analyst and fan, what and Michael wh- Schumacher enthusiast. Yes. Yeah, what is well. what what does you say on this? Well, I mean, coming out of the last three races, I think we'll be good here. Mexico is a very uh speed dependent track, but it also has a lot of tiny corners that you pretty much have to master, I believe. Uh outside of the start finish straight and the back stretch. Everything else is kind of those tight little 90-degree corners. Am I right? Go ahead and preview it for Mexico a little bit. But, uh, and for the rest of the races, I believe Ferrari will at least attempt to keep two cars in either podium range or points range, barring our our arch nemesis George Russell doesn't crash one of our cars out again. You, uh, you live long enough to see the hero become the villain. Indeed. Mm. 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 Valtteri Baltas, for example, last year. Oh, he knew. He knew all along. Yeah, he did. It's funny. Um, thinking about the time he gave Max the toe and then the time he took out Max and Checo at the same time. Whose side's he really on? Bottas. Who who is he really for? He's on Bottas's side. That's whose sides he's on. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes that side is pointing the wrong way of the track when you overcook it in turn three. <laughs> but uh what what do you guys make of are we going to get into this okay yeah i guess so um what do you guys make of red bull's penalty oh i thought we were talking about that next segment okay we'll do that we'll do that um we'll hold off on that one we'll hold off but um other things i'm just looking down this thing um i mean george russell is he's got a real shot at finishing third in the constructors yeah uh, no in the driver standings because Charles is only two points ahead of, of Checo right now, 267 to 265. And then George is in fourth, 16 points ahead of Carlos with three races to go. So that two through five spot, and even six, Lewis has 198 points. So two through six could be jumbled up, up so much up for grabs until Crikey. that happens. <laughs> Crunky. So that's going to be something I think to look out for. Also, you, know, you had the battle for eighth, ninth, and seventh, or, and sixth now in the Constructors with Alfa Romeo at 6th with 52, Aston Martin 7th, 49, Haas in 8th, 36, and Alfatari in 9th with 35 points. So that those spots in the midfield are going to come down to the wire for sure. And then McLaren battling Alpine for 4th, Alpine ahead by 11 points. That's close. So I think, McLaren, I think McLaren would want me to make a good Alcon prediction for this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think Lando would really like it if you did that. <laughs> or if Ben says it, it's a fact. Okay, so um, I'm just kidding. Lando Norris P4. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, that'd be interesting to see. I'm trying to think of other stuff that happened in this race. It was just such a hectic race. While practice one is currently going on, Charles is in the lead, mm. behind, followed by Max seven tenths behind. I know I don't get a lot of things right, but did I not predict chaos on oh, last week's show? You did. I you did, did predict chaos. And what did we get? We got chaos. And y'all, y'all were talking about how windy it was going to be, and it was gusty. That y'all was nailed that. That was correct. Martin Brundle w- literally was probably listening to us with y'all that. We nailed that. We were saying it's going to be gusty. Noah even said there's going to be more of like a dry heat. It was hot. Uh-huh. Word for word. In the words of um, Soldier Boy, word for word, bar for bar. 
He stole my flow. But yes, we that weather talk that we had was a hundred percent correct. Really. Yeah, it was it was dry heat and the wind was blowing across turn one and turn three. It was madness. Y'all were totally right on that. I mean, you had also Max complaining over the radio again just about the wind. You heard I heard him more than nearly anyone complain about the wind. And correct me if I'm wrong on that. The only person who I heard whine more about anything was poor old Pierre Gasly, who has no brakes. That was terrible to watch. And then Lewis and Max just talking about how each each other was going off the track. Track limits. Uh, that will track. be Lewis's third offense, Max. That will be Lewis's third offense. No, no Max is engineer. i got to say something on that. That man will have the same tone of voice no matter what. Max is coming out of his awful pit stop, says some stuff I'm not going to say on the air, and then the engineer will be like, race strategy two, Max. And then, like, no matter what, Max can be, like, quiet or complaining he just has the same thing like especially when the drs wasn't working at mm-hmm. one point this season okay just, max you have lewis 0.6 behind just try one button press max and just like the same thing every time which i find hilarious Homie that he is a robot i mean he gets the job done he and does. then we got a hammer time this weekend too Woo-hoo. that was funny we've not heard that all season all right lewis it's hammer time so that was funny to get that one yes the, Noah's, team, the team radio was in Noah's scheming he looks like he's got something to say well, I've been waiting to talk about this all pretty much season, and I meant to talk about it earlier on when we're doing this podcast. But motorship viewership last weekend, according to Adam Stern's Twitter feed, got these numbers off of the show Buzz Daily. NASCAR beats Formula One with a 1.42 rating and 2.311 million viewers. Uh, Formula One had 0.64 rating with a 1.113 million viewers. Uh, going back to Miami, NASCAR beat them again, this time in Darlington. But uh, F1 beat NASCAR in some key demos overall. Mm. Mm. And I think this is very interesting for NASCAR especially because you got playoffs going on. You're at your best oval at Homestead, Miami. And you're going against F1 who's having their – Premier American race, I believe we could say, except for maybe next year when they go to Las Vegas and 50-50 on that race being good. But We're hoping it's good. F1 could potentially take over NASCAR in ratings, especially when NASCAR being on NBC versus Formula 1 being on ABC, not like how they usually are on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compete with the NFL too. But that is going to do it for this one. Don't get blown away by our content right now. When we come back, we're talking more about Rebel and the FIA punishments that were just handed out. We're going to get through, fill you in on all what's going on with that. But don't go anywhere. This is Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast, Auburn's exclusive Formula One radio show. I am your host, Ben McClurkin, alongside my good old buddies, Griggs Blankenberg and Noah Phillips, and we are going to talk about something that's finally come to a close. After a month of talking about it, it feels like we finally have an answer. Scandal after scandal, lawsuits being threatened, all kinds of politics and stuff that you would never have seen in Formula One 50 years ago. Let's get right into that, Griggs. So if you do not know what's been going on, Red Bull has been under investigation by the FIA for a cost cap 
breach, meaning they over-exceeded the cost cap in the 2021 season that saw them take second in the constructors, with Max Verstappen claiming his first world title. So it turned out Red Bull, in their summary, they revealed they went over the cost cap by, I believe, if I'm correct, 1.864 million pounds, I believe. That's pre-tax. Or pre-tax, so it ended up being around 2.1 million pounds, Yes, I believe so. So there were sanctions that had been handed out. It came to agreement with the FIA over breach of the regulations. Red Bull must pay $7 million to the FIA within 30 days. And then they also receive a minor sporting penalty in the form of a 10% reduction in their allocated restricted wind tunnel and tus- testing times. So, oh, no. Ben, fill us in more on that. What, Especially, like we get the money part. The money part is huge. But they'll yeah. find a way to make more money off that. That's- the money's not a big but deal. But the big all. one is the wind tunnel. Explain how important that is. Yeah. So, I mean, if you only can do 90% of your testing, you're going to have to make a lot less prototypes and you're going to have to make a lot less iterations of that car design for next year. Um, they're probably going to be running something very, very similar to what they did this year. Um, that could easily put them on the back foot for next season. Um, just with other teams making advances in the aerodynamics field that Red Bull would not be making. So I think that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, that last 10%, you know, when you're working on an assignment and you've got 90% of it done and you hand it in, is it a full assignment? No. So what I think uh, the impact of that will be is to be decided, but it could be very, very bad for Red Bull. Christian Horner actually just finished speaking to the media in Mexico and according to Sports Illustrated uh, his quote was I stand by the statement there was zero benefit because the amount we we went over as I've just explained we believe there are mitigating factors and then the quote I have from yes snacks and then the quote I have from Christian Horner from uh, ESPN F1 on Twitter seven million dollars is an enormous amount of money and the more I don't even know how to Dicarian part. Wait, can I see that word? Yeah, you can say it. Hold on. Oh, draconian. Draconian, sorry. That's cruel. I'm not a world renowned educated person. Draconian part is the sporting penalty, which is a ten percent reduction in our ability to use our wind tunnel and aerodynamic tools. That represents between zero point two five seconds and zero point five seconds of lap time. That's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, but Looking into this more for next year, I mean, what is this going to mean for the – like, I get they might have to run a certain thing to what they have this year, which a lot of teams couldn't even handle. But going into next year, teams might be taking bits and pieces like, off. okay, what did Red Bull do in trying to catch up with that? And we know Mercedes is going to come back with a vengeance next year after breaking their eight consecutive constructor cup streak. Yeah, I think think the two to five-tenths of a second per lap is a – bit dramatic yeah that's but, what i thought but i mean think about it though you lose 25 seconds per race if it's a 50 lap race and you're running it two minutes i mean that's a big deal that's that's the difference between first and fifth sometimes you know depending on who's in the lead i mean that could that could really impact their season next year like i said previously kind of mm-hmm. repeating myself here but no yeah just i'm kind of glad this thing's over but then like the same time like no one's really going to be happy about this decision the red bull fans feel like it's too much money really in the wind tunnel thing mercedes fans are mad that the max still has his championship what's the ferrari perspective noah um we we just want some of their strategists 
as, mm. a, as a fan. <laughs> we, we just want their strategist. Here's another interesting quote on Sports Illustrated by Christian Horner in the uh, media press conference today. Not one penny was spent on the performance of the car. So it was on catering. According to Christian Horner. He also uh, talks about – Well, everything he says is true. Everything pay. you find on Twitter is true. This is on Sports Illustrated. This, oh. is, this is his quotes. If we went over because of sick pay, if we went over because we paid people – that we felt weren't in the cap in terms of costs within catering, not one penny was spent on performance of the vehicle. Like I said, catering. I didn't. I thought this the cost cap thing really just went into like everything like car related. I didn't know it like, should just it, be on. I, the car. That's what I'm saying. It, I didn't realize like all this other stuff was factored into like salaries for different people. I didn't realize that was all in. Like I don't think driver salaries are including that, but like team, no. but like. What he was saying, like team strategies. Yeah, I didn't realize I was on their cost cap. So that's actually, yeah, I that is. We, I mean, this is what the second season that we've had a cost cap, really. Yes. So yeah, it's just interesting. Like, but then now that Rebel went over two million, I guess other teams, if that happens again, they're expected to going to be the same punishment since this was going to be the the uh, precedent, the precedent of what they're going to base every minor sporting penalty from now on. And a minor sporting penalty is anything from I believe one cent over to like seven point five million pounds. It's unreal. So, same punishment for that. You could overspend by like seven million, and then st- still pay a seven million dollar fine. And just take your win tunnel. But I probably imagine the more money, with uh, they just need a more like they a set in stone rules thing. Like if you do this by this amount, this that and the third. Yeah, it shouldn't. I don't. I don't know. I feel like well, I actually don't feel anything about this other than frustration. But I think that. Um, <clears throat> The FIA should encourage teams to pay their staff and, you know, treat their employees well and give them as much as they possibly can or as much as they think that's fair. I think they should have a minimum salary. And then I think the FIA shouldn't really be worried about it other than setting a minimum salary and having the cost cap be directly related to performance and stuff like, you know technical things and i'm very surprised it wasn't already like that yeah it, it shouldn't be able to be determined by stuff like catering and stuff like that like sick leave what if what if one of your employees you know either gets the flu or gets covid and you have you still have to pay them or you know what if what if one of your employees gets pregnant and you have to give them maternity leave like that kind of thing like you should be encouraged to give them that generously but instead what they do is you know force them to pay the bare minimum and just barely scrape by as we're now joined by alex Husting, our co-sports director at weagle you just tweeted about f1 so i knew you had to come on you were literally we were just talking about the exact same quote you just tweeted about yeah i hate that guy i'm not even gonna lie like i i, I respect the people that are fans of team red bull I don't even watch Drive to Survive. My roommate does. And is he not the villain of that show? Because the vibes I got is that he's the worst dude. I, I, I don't know. I'm aware I'm a little loud. I apologize. No, if you're fine. If, that, if that's the issue there. No, um, you're good. I, I think more the Horner persona. Let, well, let's just, let's just dive into this. The Horner persona is not the bad guy, but he's okay to look like the bad guy. He's a very sly and intelligent guy. And it seems like, you know, he's pretty friendly, too. He's friendly to everyone. He's not particularly rude unless he feels like he's been wronged and then, you know, he's coming for your throat, but then, so to speak. 
But then the thing also is with the Drive to Survive perspective, Red Bull was the only major team on Drive to Survive in year one. So, like, they didn't have, like, the Mercedes people, the Ferrari people. So he said most of that screen time has been Christian Horner just because they were the first team to allow that to happen. And now there's a reason why we're all talking about Formula One right now. It's because of that and the growth that Drive to Survive has had. Debatable, but also yes. did they break the like what what's what's the deal like I mean they broke they broke the rules right like yeah they, they broke is it. there like any doubt on the on this they front? spent one point six eight million dollars and Christian Horner said and I think this is a pretty fair thing to say he he said that none of that money went into performance it went into uh, paid leave for like sick employees and other people who you know can't come still are a part of the team and need to be paid for that and they also said it went into like amenities so for the staff like catering catering, catering. Ca- that, that i catering, saw that word hotels. floating around on, on the twitterverse yeah catering yeah, hotels that kind of thing. okay um i mean so now do you hate hmm. the guy really if he wants I mean, to treat his employees well and spends well the thing is so so million? i believe the whole point of the spending cap it's one to level the playing field, right? That's the primary goals. Because yeah, obviously before this that. year, Red Bull and Mercedes were outspending everybody by a lot of money. It's yes. the second so year cap, yeah. I guess the idea in the case of Red Bull, for example, this is only speaking hypothetically from the F1 perspective. Again, I don't, I don't know anything about this entire yeah, I situation. Saw, I just I saw don't. Alex's tweet. Just I tweet one time because I see this guy on, on TV sometimes, not a fan. But either way, I think the idea is, okay, so Red Bull – who probably has a larger team than everybody, right? Uh, like I, I would say that's fair. I think Mercedes has the Mercedes most. Mercedes has the most uh, okay. employees. Interesting. But so Red like, Bull has the second most. And yeah. So you have to spend that same amount of money more widely distributed. Well, so so that, it's increasing the likelihood that you go over, right? It, I, I was going to say, so that's the point, is that they're trying to tell these teams with large employees that, all right, if you're going to spend all this money on your employees, you have to find a way not to spend it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, like, the rule is the rule. Like, I get it. I do. Like, yeah, it's not like he spent it for nefarious purposes to win a bunch of championships. That much is clear, obviously. But the rule is the rule for a reason. Like, an NFL team in salary cap instance may want to pay a player a certain amount of money because they had a bad injury or whatnot, and they want to reward him for coming back or whatnot. But the rule is still the rule for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I get it, but he – I think – He's acting like it's. Sh- I think he do- he doesn't want it to be a rule, period, because he understands the advantage that teams like them with more money have. But so I don't know. so here's the thing with that though. Um, I'm gonna go back at you with that because driver salary is not included in the salary cap. It's interesting. Only for the team or the the budget cap. The budget only includes team and technical and transportation and the car and everything like that. And then and, amenities, apparently. Yeah, and amenities and stuff like that. And I think also another thing you have to look at is the number of cars that Red Bull crashed and stuff like that. And I think we were saying earlier that the FIA should just do a car cap. You should be allowed to pay your employees as much as you want. That, yeah, I agree with and that. I minimum. Think, I, think, I think the issue is, again, they're still worried about those smaller teams just therefore because they – just being worried about being outspended on a just group basis because how many engineers, whatever you want to call it, another team like Red Bull could afford versus, again, I think it is certainly a rule that even based on when I first heard about it, it needs to be adjusted. Like, I think that's definitely, like, why not go right? I didn't know it didn't go right at the car because I thought that was the whole point. But yeah, apparently they missed not. the point. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Alex, for coming on. Just me grabbing you outside the studio. But when we come back, we have our whole Mexico Grand Prix preview. So do not go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. This is Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Hello and welcome back to the Bradley Basin Studio for Weagles, exclusive uh, F1 show. Uh, my name is Noah Phillips. Joining me is Griggs Blankenberg and Ben McClarkin. Guys, your mics are on. Almost missed yours there for a second. Hot mic. But, but either way, we're going to be previewing this weekend of racing down in Mexico yes, City. Yes, the Mexican Grand Prix at the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. I think I got that right. Was that right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. The... Uh, Rodriguez brothers, the uh, legends of Mexican racing, have such a great track name for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what a place. What a place. What a celebration of Mexican culture and also a little crossover of European and American. It's just it's just a big party down there. Mm-hmm. So the circuit is a 4.304-kilometer 4. 4. Uh, each lap, that means it is a 305.354-kilometer track and hole for 71 laps. The lap record is held last year's, actually, one, uh, one minute, 17.774 really? seconds by Valtteri Bottas. Wow. At one minute, 17. So we still have not seen a lap time broken this year from mm. any track. Maybe that probably has to do with more of the new tire stuff, yeah. I assume. Yeah, so the, the new re- rims made the car about two to three tenths slower per lap. But it is a 17-turn track with two DRS zones and I'd say about three-ish straights, maybe four, looking at the... It's a long straight after the finish, the the near the finish line. So into turn one, they're going to be gaining a lot of speed before that quick one, two, three turn. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a, it's a good track to pass. It's a good track to pass. It's... Those first few corners, if you link those up properly, you can get a good run down onto straight number two as well. It, it's, I think it should make for some very, very good racing. Oh, I'm excited. And, oh, man, is it beautiful. <laughs> Gorgeous. Se- sector three going through. It's a baseball stadium, right? I yes. believe it's so, baseball yes. Stadium. It's so beautiful there with the Mexican fans that just around, or jump up in the air and scream for these Formula One cars that go past that area. Oh, yeah. And the support for Sergio Perez is huge over there. I really want him to win this one. I do, too. Winning your home race is special. He's already had three wins. There are two wins this year. It'd be nice if he could win one more. Oh, yeah. Get a hat trick for all my soccer fans. But, hey, if he could get the race to go down to a timed race instead of a lap race, that's give him him the trophy, basically, because that's how he's won both times this year so far. Yeah. Just race longer than everybody else. Right now, he's a third in practice one behind Leclerc and Sainz. Okay. This could be making themselves up for an interesting weekend Mm. of racing as Versappen is currently fourth, Hamilton's in fifth, Alonso's in sixth, Boltas seventh, Norris eighth, Gasly ninth, and Sebastian Vettel in tenth. Well, Max did spin out. I'm looking at Twitter right now at one point. He didn't hit the wall, but he just spun out, and he – uh, he almost catched the side, but he ended up facing the wrong way. But he's okay now. But he like probably has some degradation on those tires. Yep, that's a, that's gonna be a flat spot. Hopefully he can work that out. I'm I'm guessing it's probably setup wise that why Perez is actually doing better here because um, 
time to get a little bit nerdy. So the uh, mm-hmm. the Red Bull is more oversteer biased. Perez likes an understeer biased car. Uh, the Autodromo de Hermanos Rodriguez is a front biased track, which means the car understeers more than it oversteers. And so you'll see, you'll probably see AlphaTauri struggle here, but you'll see Perez do well. So let's just jump right into it again, like kind of like last week. We practice is going on, practice one's going on right now. We don't have a lot of info currently what's going on no. for this track this weekend, like we do the other ones. But let's just go ahead and get into it. Let's go Noah first. Let's just all go around and talk about who we think is going to get pole on Saturday. Oh God, I was not ready for this. We can get, we can get, we can go to Ben first if you want. No, you know, you know, I'm ready. All right, okay, go I'm ready. Do it. Don't don't do this to me, Griggs. Do it. I'm I'm ready. Mm, let's hear it. Do it. I'm gonna go. With Carlos signs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Back to back pole positions for Carlos. All right. Hopefully, won't be taken out in turn one. Well, you just better hope George Russell's far <laughs> enough down the field for that one. All right, Ben. You've been right in the last one, trying to go two for two, or two in a row, really. I think we'll see our our man get pole in his home race. Mm. Sergio Perez, P one, Max Verstappen, P two, down. I think I'm going to predict it down to the thousandth of a second. Max will be down by three thousandths of a second. Mm. Please don't hold me to that. I. Oh, we we will. Oh, I'm holding you. We to will. It. You've been right on the last one. You just you just can't get all these predictions right and these driver things correct. And then yeah. For me, we've been talking about this on the show for a lot. There's one person that I think almost all of us predicted to get pole at least once. It still has not happened yet. I'm mm. gonna try it again. Hopefully, I can get it. Fingers if not crossed. This, if this not this one, it will be the next one. I think for sure. Really. Yep. Uh, at that one track, mm, the where one. he's the honorary citizen of think of that country, I think for it. But I'm going Lewis Hamilton mm. on this one. He's just been so close so many times this year. I think it's getting to him. I think he's just gonna get a, pull through a good lap. And that track, he's won it before. I mean, he's pretty much won it all the tracks, but like Miami. Yeah. So yeah, he's won it every circuit except for one. I think just Miami. I don't know how some of those mid, uh, a lot of those Middle Eastern countries have like newer tracks or newer races. So I don't know if yeah, he won. Yeah, did he win at Jeddah? Has he won at Jeddah? No, I don't think so. Didn't Max? No. Didn't Max? Yeah, yeah, Max. Yeah, Max Verstappen won Jeddah. Okay, so a few that he has not won yet, but I'm going Hamilton on that one. But now it is time for our Grand Prix predictions. We need to really start keeping track of these. I'm gonna have to go back and track some of them, see how hmm. right we've gotten. Okay, but let's do this. Or do we want to do our just random prediction first? Yeah. I think we should. All right, no. What's one prediction you have going in this weekend, non-finishing order? Left field prediction. Not like Pun podium. Intended. Anything. Anything but the podium. Um, I'm going to go with, well, you said not podium, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm thinking we get some special hats this time. We didn't have them last week in Texas. I think sombreros, we'll get some, yeah, maybe? I think we'll get some sombreros this weekend. Yes. Really, please. <laughs> yes. All right, Ben. Um... Whatever Ben's prediction is just going to be right on Saturday, just a reminder. Okay. Um, My prediction is that we'll see Haas struggle a little bit, probably a little bit more than usual. Um, I think Alpine will do well. Hmm. I have a good feeling about Alpine right now. Uh, Fernando's riding a high of, you know, flying he's flying high yeah fernando's oh, flying high well, i see what you did there yes so i was trying to i was trying to put that together in my head and say it out loud but um we will see mercedes do well as well 
I'm going to go quick. I think uh, Aston Martin's going to perform well again. I think they did a good job last week. Stroll was doing pretty good until he crashed with Alonso, so I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to get some points. I don't know how many. I don't know if they're both going to finish with the points. I do think they're going to have at least one in there, so I think it's going to be good. But now let's go ahead and kick it to our podium. Let's go P3 all the way to P1. Noah, you start. P3, I'm going with the guy who I think is taking pole, Carlos Sainz. Mm. P2, uh, I don't think F1 abides by the scripting system that every other professional sport abides by. I think uh, Perez will get P2. Mm. And in P1, I think it's going to go to Sir Louis Hamilton. Mm. (laughs) Sir Louis. All right. Uh, P1, Max Verstappen. P2, Sergio Perez. P3, George Russell. Ooh. I'm going to go P3. I'm going to go Charles Leclerc. P2, I'm going to go Lewis Hamilton. And P1, I think they're going to abide by the script writers. I think they're going with Checo Perez. But that is going to do it for our show today, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for listening. If you missed any of today's show, feel free to check it out on the podcast if you do so inclined. But for Griggs Blankenberg, I'm with Noah Phillips and Ben McClurk, and we'll see you back here same time next week. Have a great weekend, and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.